you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 10 through 25 are what we want to focus on today. And as Moses is preparing for final exit, as well as a new beginning for the children of Israel. He shares some very important words with the congregation. And I wanted to take those words that Moses shared that day to that congregation and tie them together to you and I as we end one year and begin a new year and as we look at what our First Fruit Sunday really means to those of us that have been here for a long time, to those of us that are new here, and how that we can come together, those that have been here, those that are just getting here, and how that we can come together and focus on what God has done and is doing and has promised for us. So one more time, if you don't mind, stand with me as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord in Deuteronomy. Leave uh, some of the lights on so the folks that are reading out their Bibles can see. Thank you. All right. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting in verse 10 through 25. And it says, For the land where is that thou goest in to possess it is not the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou soweth thy seed and watereth it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go and possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for, the eyes of the Lord uh, thy God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. And it shall uh, come to pass as if thou shalt hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command thee this day to love the Lord your God with, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul that I will give you the rain of your land that is in due season the first rain and the latter rain and thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and, and in thy oil and I will send grass in thy fields for the cattle for thou that mayest eat and be full Take heed to yourselves that your hearts be not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath will be kindled against you, and he'll shut up the heavens, and there will be no rain, and the land which thou yieldeth not her fruit, and least ye perish quickly from off the, the good land which the Lord giveth you. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart that in your soul and bind them as a sign upon your hand that you may be as a frontlet between your eyes and you shall teach them your children speaking of them when thou sitteth in thine house and when thou walkest by the way which thou lieth down and when thou risest up and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if you shall diligently keep all of these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all of his ways and to cleave unto him, 
Then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourself. Every place wherein the soles of your feet shall trod shall be yours. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, from the river and the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall, be, uh, shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land, and you shall tread upon as he has said unto you. Father, we ask that you would take the reading and the hearing of your word, and now, Father, bless the preaching of your word. Show us, O Lord, how that we can tie that, the words of Moses and the children of Israel as they go into the promised land to what we are looking at as we enter into a new year of unknowns. Lord, we just ask that you'd move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. As you all know, a new year uh, always brings opportunities as well as new beginnings. For the children of Israel, it had been a long journey of over 40 years. Moses had led them all the way from Egypt through the Red Sea to the uh, Kadesh Barnea Valley through the wilderness, and now they were encamped on the eastern banks of the Jordan River overlooking what God called the promised land. The book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament records the sermons of Moses preached to his people before he went in up to the Mount Nebo, where he viewed the promised land and then died. In the aftermath of his own death, the children of Israel went into the promised land that they were to possess. Along with the wilderness route, there were often times when there were those who wrung their hands and doubted that they could go on and, and they wished that they were back in Egypt in that land where they had come from. Moses continued to remind the people that God, the God who had brought them out from there, that was the God who he might bring us in to give us a land of which he had swore unto their fathers. Thus, before the blessing of the promised land became a reality for his faithful followers, Moses challenged them with these words found in Deuteronomy chapter 11. In verses 10 through 25. He reminds them as they cross the Jordan River into the promised land that they have been promised by God to possess, that they do so with God's provision, God's presence, God's promise, and God's protection. And as we stand at the brink of a new year, our hearts are filled with the anticipation of what this year will bring and the challenges that will come with it. And only God knows what the future holds. But the possibilities are endless when we recognize that we are not going it alone. That God has promised that he will go with us as we cross into this new year. We do so with the same challenge, with the same word that Moses gave to the people so long ago as we journey into this new year. We too can go with God's provision, God's presence, God's promise, and God's protection. And I want to share with you 
those four areas that God has given to us as we look into this new year. And I want to take a moment to tie together how that the words that Moses spoke to the children of Israel as they were crossing into a new land, a land that they did not work for, a land that they did not uh, invest in, a land that they did not have to water, a land that they did not have to, to, to do all those things, but a land in which they were going to possess. I want to remind you that there are some, it's getting fewer, in just the 20 years that I've been here, I've seen that number decline greatly as to how many people were here to see the vision of where it all began, as to where God took us from, from a, a little tenant house across the street where Walmart's little drainage pond is, to bring the church to a basement just right over there, and then eventually to build it to a, a sanctuary, and then to add on and to add on, and to add on, and to add on, until right to the point that both Sunday school and, and, and worship were out of room. And the question was asked, what do we do now? And then the vision, the dream, the reality of where you're sitting today So whether you're some of those that have been here from the beginning or, or, or near the beginning or some of you that have just stepped in and said, wow, what a beautiful facility, what a wonderful thing. Just like the children of Israel, you get an opportunity to walk in to that which God has blessed us with. But with it comes responsibility. Just as the children of Israel were told that they had to do certain things to be reminded and, and to show that they were putting their faith and trust in God, we have to today. Because God's not finished. He's not done with us yet. And there's more to do. And so, I want to talk to you today about journeying into a new year together. And what that looks like and what that means according to what God has shared with us from his word. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 11, I want to begin there. And in that verse, the Lord reminds us, But the land whither you go and possess is the land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. What in the world was Moses trying to say to the children of Israel? Better yet, what is the Lord? What is the Lord God saying to us about our experience and where he's about to take us? The promise that God gives us here is that as we journey into a new year, he promises that he's going to meet our needs that he himself is the source of, uh, of both the sunshine and the rain, of the warm and the cold. Like the land of Israel, our land will drink water from the rain of heaven. How many times have we seen this across the years? When it looked as though things were hopeless and 
things were almost gone. And those times when we began to feel the source of strength was running out, that God would send the rain from heaven and his blessings would fall upon us. We cross over into a new year being reminded that he, not us, is the source of everything that we need. He reminds us to the people, he says, that the land that you're about to possess is a land of both hills and valleys. Or let me put it this way. It's a land of ups and downs. None of us know if today's an up or a down until we get in it. But God does. We are reminded that God has never promised us the way would always be easy. For those of you that remember Howard Jones, I'll never forget a quote that he shared with me many, many times. He would come by my office and sit in and say, Preacher, may not be looking good today, but he said, just remember, God never promised us a smooth flight, just a safe landing. thank him for those words then there are always those times when we come to face to face with the mountaintop experiences of life when it can't get any better than this I think about the times that my children were born and then I thought it couldn't get any better than this but it did when I stood outside in that hospital room and my grandchildren were born can't get any better than this. But then I read about the fact that one day we're all going to be standing in a place called heaven and for those who love the Lord. Boy, it can get better than this. The same is true as we go along our life of our own journeys. Ours too will be a journey through the hills and the valleys of life. And we need to thank God for the mountaintop experiences, but we need to thank God for the valleys I don't think we ever learn many lessons on the mountaintops. We're so caught up in all of the excitement that we fail to, to learn the stories of life. It's in the valleys when we are so dependent upon the Lord and we need His strength. It's the valleys that make the mountaintops so great. It's the times when we're so dependent upon the Lord and His blessings fall upon us. And He shows us that He's always, always there. Mountaintops are there to enlarge our vision. I think of the fact that the Bible tells us that Moses was taken up on the mountain so that he could get a vision of what the promised land would look like though he would not walk in it. It allows us to see our potential to give us a spirit of conquest. But in the valley, that's where we become more like our Lord. None of us would choose the valleys of life, but let me tell you, we all need the valleys of life. Just remember, the 
God of the mountaintops is the God of the valleys. The God of the valleys is the God who makes the mountaintop so special. But look closely at Deuteronomy 11 and verse 11 and note that he takes us into this new year, the promise of God's provision. It is a land that drinks rain from heaven, he says. That is, he provides for us supernaturally. For the children of Israel, Moses reminds them that the land which they are about to possess is not like the land of Egypt in which they had come from. He says where you had to sow uh, your seed, where you had to water it by your feet. There would be a difference in the land uh, of Israel uh, that it was from the land of Egypt. In the land of Egypt, they were dependent upon human resources. In Egypt, there wasn't the rain cycle that there was going to be in, in the promised land. Their rain source or their water source was from the Nile River and the way that they got it was through canals that men dug so that they could flow the water into the fields. But God promised them, how you had to work so hard to get water where you needed it to be, I promise that I'm going to send forth rain from heaven. Canaan was totally different because it was totally dependent upon God. Rain was the gift that God had promised. He said, I promise you the, the early rains and then the latter rains, the time in which you need to plant and the time in which it needs to grow. Perhaps that's why he chose this land of all the lands for those people to train us how to be his church. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 6 reminds us that everything that happened to the children of Israel was done so that they could be an example unto us today. So that we had something to look back to as to how that we could, could trust the provision of the Lord. How beautiful to know that he has proved himself both in the autumn rain and in the spring rain. He sends the early rain for the seed the latter rain for the harvest. As we journey into this new life or into this new year of life and we don't know what it's going to be, what we do have is the assurance that the same God who was with us last year is the same God who's with us this year. He walks into this new year with us and he promises that whatever this new year holds, that the land will drink rain from heaven. God is our source. He has always provided. He will always provide. He will do what he needs to do to accomplish his purpose in and through us as we journey into this new year. But we're also to remember that as we journey into the new year, we walk in, in his presence. Look at verse 12. And in verse 12, it reminds the land which the Lord thy God careth for, for the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. There were some who said to Moses that they doubted that they could accomplish the task of taking over the promised land. 
There were those that said, listen, Moses, did you not know that there's giants in the land? There's great obstacles. There are walled cities, and there are things in which we don't know that we have the strength to overcome. But what they had forgotten was that they had crossed over with God's provision, but also with God's presence. It was a land for which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. The year upon which we embark this year is a year that God cares for. A year that God has purposed for. A year that God has planned for. And He knows the way that we need to follow through the wilderness of this year. All we have to do is recognize his provisions and his presence and follow him wherever he leads. Some of the sweetest words in this text are found in verse 12. They're often overlooked. Moses refers to the God of Israel as your God. He personalizes the fact that it's just not the God of the universe, but he's your God. God is a personal Lord and Savior. We're in covenant relationship with Him. We are His, and He is ours. And Moses reminds the people that it is true from the beginning of the year through the end of the year. As we journey into this new year, it might start off rough or it might start off great. But let me just remind you that God is watching over us that his eyes are always upon us. He never looks away. Yes, New Year's bring a fresh vision of new opportunities and what a blessing to journey into a new year with the presence of God himself. The eyes of the Lord are upon us. He is watching the dear mother whose face is the raising of a child in a year when it seems as though there's so many obstacles against them watching the dad who's under tremendous pressure simply to provide as we see the cost of everything skyrocketing. He's watching the teenagers who are faced with such pressures in school today. Things that we can't even begin to imagine. He's watching over the church that is unsure if 2022 will be any better than 2021. But he reminds us. Yes, he promises us. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart remains loyal to him. Like the children of Israel, he did not bring us out of one year except to take us in and through another We go into this new year with God's provision and God's presence. But we're also, we are to remember God's promises. In verses 13 through 15, we see the series of promises that God makes to the children of Israel. 
What is God saying those promises mean to us? Remember that all of these things happen to the children of Israel because they are, are an example for us on how to live by faith and how to walk in His grace. The single most important thing that you and I can do as we journey into the new year is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. But look at verse 13. The promises that God makes are conditional. Now what I mean by that is, listen, you know, there are some promises that God just gives. And no matter what we do or how we do it, it never changes. But there are some promises that God says, listen, these are conditional promises. If, then. If you do this, if you will remain faithful, if you will follow after me, if you will love me, if you will do what is required of you, then I can come alongside you and do what I want to do for you. Verse 13 begins with the if, and verse 14 begins with the then. Thus, this promise is not for everyone. It's not without condition. But who is it for? Those who love the Lord their God and serve Him with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their might. Think about it. What could be simpler All Israel had to do was walk in obedience to God's word and to love him. And God was going to pour out his promises upon them. All that kept them from the blessing of God was an act of disobedience. If an act of disobedience can keep us from the blessing of God, think about it, an act of obedience can receive the blessing of God. But it's on us. It's on every one of us to make that personal choice. Every morning you get up, a new day of grace is upon you. Every morning you have an opportunity to be obedient or disobedient to God. No one, no one can make that decision for you but you alone. We must make that decision for ourselves. Every day, the if and the then in our life. We find that Israel's primary purpose is the very purpose that God has given to us today. And that purpose was to love God. Everything in life has a primary purpose. The primary purpose of a pen is to write. Over the years, I've had cheap 29-cent pens. And I've got some very expensive pens on my desk. And what I've found over the years is that I'd rather have a cheap, inexpensive pen that writes than one of them them expensive pens sitting on my desk that doesn't write. It doesn't fulfill its purpose. It doesn't do what it's made to do. looks pretty but it doesn't do what it's made to do. This pen, church pen, (laughs) by the way, not very pretty, but it does what it needs to do. How do I know? Because I wrote my type check this morning with it. I know it works exactly the way it's supposed to. 
You see, the reality is that we need to know what our purpose is. We need to live our purpose. Could it be that so many Christians are leaving, living defeated lives today because we are failing to fulfill our primary purpose of life? All of the God's commandments are pure, but the Lord Jesus says one is greater than all. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. No wonder Moses continued to speak this stern warning. When you go into the land, don't think about yourself. Don't forget who brought you here. Don't forget what you, what you have. You didn't get it yourself. God blessed you with it. When we think about bringing our first fruits offering to the Lord this week or next week, if you have that to give, it's not because of all that you did. It's because of all that he did. It's remembering that, that everything that I have comes from him. Moses reminded the children of Israel and us what our utmost importance is. Love the Lord thy God. We're to love God first and love men second. The fallacy of, of humanism says that in our culture today is that we're to love man first and then once we figure out how to love man, then we can learn to love God. Listen, let me tell you, my friends, we'll never learn to love man until we first learn to love God. We've got to put it in the right perspective. Love the Lord thy God. Then, out of His love, we can love imperfect people. As we enter into the new year, we do so with God's promise, but His promises is if and then. Finally, we journey into the new year. We are to remember God's protection. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 16 through 25 remind us that God is a faithful God who promises protection. Moses reminding us that the Lord will go before us and drive out our enemies. His protection carries with it a warning. Listen to what he says. Take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused in you. And he shut up his heavens, and there'll be no more rain upon the land, and yield no fruit, and there you'll perish quickly for the good land which the Lord has given you. Remember, a simple act of disobedience will dry up the rain. A simple act of obedience will keep the rains coming. Again, note the repetition of the importance that we are to love our God in verse 22. For if you are carefully keeping all of His commandments which I have commanded you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to uphold fast to Him. For any of us who are wondering why, we might be living on the outside of the Lord's provision, His protection, why we might be seeing the world pressing in upon us, it might be found in this verse. 
we're not walking in the command of God. Moses is attaching his people to something so important. As a matter of fact, for the first thing last year we tried to encourage you throughout the year to do was to attach yourself to that most important thing. God's word. Moses was attaching the people to the word of God. Hear him as he challenges his people. Listen to what he says in these verses 18 and 19. You shall lay up for these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall use them as a frontlet between your eyes. You shall teach them to the children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. What's he saying? Teach the word of God. Spend time in his word. Know his word so that you can share his word and you can be the encouragement. You can be the light in the darkness. You can be the hope to the hopeless if you have the word of God bound to you. Listen, my friends, in America today, we have more Bibles per capita than any other nation in the world. And studies are rapidly showing that we are becoming the most illiterate biblical nation in the world. You can't just have a Bible. You got to spend time reading it. You got to be in it. In order for it to be in you. Sometime next month, we'll finish up on our year-long plan of reading the Bible. Hopefully, you've been working with us and following the plan, and you'll be able to say, if not for the first time or for the next time or for the hundredth time, I don't know how many times, but I hope that you can say, I've read the Bible from cover to cover, and I can't wait to do it again. Remember, the word of the Lord is a living word. What God may have showed you as you read through his word this year, I challenge you that if you'll take it and do it again next year, he will show you new and exciting things. Then Moses reminds the people as they journey into the new year, into the new land, that God's protection is with them. Moses goes on to tell them, in verses 23 through 25, then the Lord will drive out all, your, uh, all these nations from before you, and you will be disposed greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. For the wilderness of Lebanon, from the river, uh, the river Euphrates even to the western sea, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand against you. What a promise as we go into the new year. There's nothing. When we walk with the Lord and we're walking in his will, if we're going in the direction that he's lived, wherever he takes us, we don't need to think, will I be able to do it? We have a promise of his protection that he will go before us and make the way straight. He will give us the power to overcome all the obstacles that come before us. Yes, it was a long, continuous journey for the children of Israel through the decades of wilderness wandering. 
And Moses led them all the way to the River Jordan. And as he comes to the end of his own life, he reminds the children of Israel, someone else is going to lead you from here. But the same God who was faithful to walk with you when I walked with you is the same God who is faithful to walk with you with a new leader. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 11 and 12 remind us that the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks the water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year all the way through to the end of the year. What God is saying to us as we embark on the beginning of this year, I'm not just dropping you in the midst of it, but I'm going to walk through it with you. You can count on me today. Next week, we kick off and, and have our great celebration of our first fruits. We're going to hear that very thing. You can count on me. From a group of young ones that, uh, and other ones that shared that story. So the question is, can God count on you? As we journey into the new year, Moses stands to remind us that as we go, we too need God's provision every day. To depend on human efforts is sheer folly. We need God's presence to walk with us. We need to be assured that, that in the times of the valleys as well as the mountaintops, we know that He has our hand. And there will be times when we, like the children of Israel, we will wander and we will wonder as we wander, where is God? but his eyes are always upon us even as we wander away from him. And as we cross over with God's promises, there may be times that that's all we'll have to hold on to. Times when we say, God, all I got is what you have promised in your word. If that's not enough, then I'm doomed. But I trust it's enough. There'll be times that we'll be without help. Or so it seems. Things will look hopeless unless we have that supernatural intervention. So just remember, we're walking every day in the protection of our God. We too, as a church, we've been on a journey The journey began many, many, many years ago with a vision of some that said that in this community, and I've heard the stories over the years, that there was no church and there was, there was people that, that couldn't go to other communities to go to church. And there were those who said, we want to build a church in this community. And so they began to gather together and the journey began. Sixty years ago or so, they had a vision. And today, 
we're basking in that vision. We're all on a journey. Every year we close out one year and open up a new one. And we look and we wonder what the opportunities of this new year are going to be and what they're going to hold for us. But it's not so much about what they hold for us, but who holds us. It is he who has brought us through. It is he who has brought us into the land of blessing. As we enter into the new year, let us continue to be reminded that we come with his provision, his promise, with all of the protection that we need. He's there for us. He says, all we have to do is remember to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And we will follow him wherever he leads. What does 2022 have in store for us? I do not know. But I tell you today, I know who holds my future.